right, hello, 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 and welcome to the Circuit Clouts podcast, the official podcast of United League Baseball. I am Lance Mueller, and I am here with the usual suspects, Glenn Retail. Hello, Glenn. How's it hanging? All right, and Charlie Qualls. How are you doing, Charlie? Hey, hey, guys. <laughs> yep, that's what I expected. As if you care, bro. Yes, yeah, <laughs> right. Once again, the commish will not be with us. He is still in the middle of his uh, very large move. But hopefully, you know, we'll have him back on again pretty soon. So uh, we have decided to take a little bit of time and actually two podcasts. We'll be doing two separate podcasts and we'll be, we're going to look at the sort of youth on all the teams uh, in United League. Uh, specifically, we're going to be looking at players 25 and under. We didn't want to necessarily say the minor leagues because a lot of teams have guys who are under the age of 25 who are on their major league rosters and contributing. Um, we wouldn't necessarily want to say prospects because some guys are like, you know, aged out of being considered a prospect but still are under the age of 25 um, and uh, either on the major league or minor league roster. But we decided to look at the, the, the youth movement on um, all 14 teams. Um, that's the only parameter we set for ourselves, 25 and under. Uh, Glenn, Charlie, and I divided the, the league up between ourselves. We took no specific approach to looking at a team. We just sort of um, all went at it in our own particular way and uh, just took a, took away what information we could from uh, our uh, research, and we're going to present it to you tonight. But before we jump into that, we wanted to uh, add a little bit to uh, the last podcast that we had, our, our draft preview. Um, uh, Charlie and that did a little bit of uh, a look back at some of the previous drafts that we had had and, and had some really interesting information. Glenn wants to piggyback on that a little bit. He did a little bit of his own research because that's, uh, that's Glenn for us. He never stops doing research. And uh, he just wanted to throw some <laughs> thoughts out uh, before we jump into looking at, in this podcast, we're going to look at the bottom seven teams, uh, bottom seven um, teams based on how uh, the game ranks, uh, the prospects that each team has. Then we're going to do a second podcast where we look at the top seven teams, but this one will be about the bottom seven teams. But before we do that, Glenn, what are your thoughts? What uh, what what research did you uh, uh, dive into, and what would you bring to us? Well, you know, Charlie got me to thinking about how he went back and looked at different draft classes. Um, so you know that that got me to thinking about what is the contribution to performance from some of these guys. And what is the contribution by round, first round, second round, third round, and subsequent round? Number one. And number two, it's complicated because in our league, you know, draft picks cost a lot of money. And so basically I went to Stats Plus and they have data going back to 65, right? So I looked at 65 to 78. And here I excluded Montreal and Denver because they're new, and even if they're picks, those guys haven't been around long enough to develop and do anything meaningful, right? So, um, so basically, I looked at you know the original twelve or the twelve teams that uh, you know minus those two from sixty-five to seventy-eight, and so it, it's kind of what you'd ex- I mean, so on, on the one hand, the results are what you would expect. First round picks do contribute the most on a war basis. So your most contribution to return or for, to wins comes from first round picks. Second round picks contribute the next most, a uh, little less than half that amount. Third round picks contribute less again. 
at a little bit less than half that amount. But then here it gets interesting. Now here I put fourth and later because, it, you know, in some drafts like this draft, we only have three rounds. So, right. I mean, what can you do? But in the past we've had fourth and even fifth rounds. So I just kind of lumped all those together because like it was a lot to, to manage. So it turns out though, that those later rounds, fourth and later actually contributes more in absolute basis than third round picks. But again, that could be because I'm lumping together multiple rounds there. So, okay, first contributes most, then second, then third, but then a little bit of outlier with fourth contributing more than third. But now what about the cost, right? That's the real thing that we want to know because first round picks, um, I use $2 million for the value. And for second round, I use 1 million for third round, 500 and for fourth and later rounds, 350,000. So here's how I basically did it. I said, basically for every $1 million. So I equalized it for every $1 million. Who gives me the most war from each round? First round pick, give you eight war for $1 million. That, so that's where we're at. Second round picks give you 6.2 war for every $1 million. That's a massive cut. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's, you know, uh, 25% less, right? Now you get to third round picks where it only costs you 500K. But again, I equalized it to a million dollars, 6.8 war. So basically, again, let's just talk in round numbers, 876 war. So, mm -hmm. or 867, sorry. Mm -hmm. So I biffed that. So 867. So now third round looks way better than second. Second looks like your worst value. But dude, what happens when we get to fourth round and later? Dude, there you come back to eight war again. So on a dollar for dollar basis, first and fourth and later round picks are equal. That's pretty, I mean, that's really, I mean, I guess, I guess in that for fourth round, you're essentially getting war out of three players, essentially at yeah. 350K. Exactly, right? So yes, you are getting more guys, but it's like more lottery tickets, right? Right. It's like, oh, I can buy lottery tickets for cheap. And if any one of those guys hits, all of a sudden I've got a huge, I, I get so much more value out of that pick than, than my first round guy, which I had to pay up for. So I don't know. Good news, I guess, is that. Right. So what you're saying is I should trade that number 18 pick I have. That's what you're telling me. Get rid of that pick right now. Um, so that is reasonable value, right? There's a reason right. why they cost the most. Right. They do contribute the most. That seems fair. Right. Make the second, second round, round is kind of where you get burned. Yeah. You're you're spending a million. Make the second you get round the kind fifth of least round return now. there, right? Like on a dollar for dollar <laughs> basis. Third's pretty good value, dude. Third is pretty good value, but fourth and later, that's where you're you're killing it, right? So Yeah, I don't the the way that we structure it now though, it's I don't know there will ever be a later anymore. I feel like Yeah. We're cutting it off at the fourth round now. I don't know if Tim's ever Is that right? It. So the class only goes to four. Okay, I don't well, you know, don't, you don't know if Tim's ever gonna add more rounds than that going forward. I mean yeah, I think that we've sort of established that as a standard now. Okay, okay. Um, well again, so this is back to sixty five. Right. So I think right. there were some fifth rounds back then, right? So Yo, there were totally were. There were yeah, I think there may even been even been more than that, but it's I think he's I don't mind. I, I would have to have him here to, to clarify, but I think part of it was in order to fill those, to, to fill the double A. We needed to have leftover guys essentially to push down in the double A, where occasionally you Dude, find it. You're a, right. No, you, no, you're right. Yeah, where where you occasionally yeah. you can find somebody, all, you know, who got pushed down there, who didn't get drafted, who ends up being a contributing player. You know, I mean, I've yeah. I, I, essentially. Think of the way that I've operated in the last few years. I trade away so many picks that, like, part of what I'm doing, what I do is like, I just wait to see what happens in double A 
And then, like, I just sort of cherry pick guys, and I essentially treat that as like a draft pick, almost. It's like a draft, almost. Look, just looking for three hundred fifty k guys to put in the minors, and like keep my fingers crossed that they maybe turn into something, you know. Yep. Which maybe you know, who knows? Maybe Charlie will mention one of those guys. Uh, there won't be very many of them, I can tell you that, because I have a terrible system. If one of those guys hits, then it's like it costs you nothing. I mean, right. it literally costs you no Almost other nothing. resource to acquire than just the minimum contract, right. which you have to pay anyway to fill out your roster. Right. So like, there's no like opportunity cost or anything, and like you're just oh he hit or he gave any positive award contribution. Great. You right. Know? Totally. Uh, so do other. other- yeah, go yeah. Ahead. So I mean, I, I got a few like I mean, just some kind of interesting things. Yeah. You know, the number one. So we'll be the 65, judge of that, right? Exactly. <laughs> hey man. <laughs> I mean, like we're three nerds talking about fake baseball. I mean, come on, dude. So the the most WAR for that period, or at least from the draft for this uh, sixty-five to seventy-eight period, the highest WAR is LA, right? So he's so Vase gets the most return on his picks, right? But actually, it's not true. Not most return on his picks. He's gotten the most absolute war. Right. But if you look at, oh, who, because like on my list, LA is the top. And guess who's at the bottom? Cleveland has the lowest war contribution from their draft picks from 65 to 78. But Charlie has made the least picks. So, dude, you've traded away more picks than anybody. From That's 65 true. to 65 to 78 I, on here, according to Stats Plus, you have made five, five first round draft picks. Dang! <laughs> so in like 13 years, or inclusive 14 years, you can made five picks. The thing is, bro, your WAR per pick is excellent. So okay. when you make a pick, you actually take care of business. And here I've got it right here. And the reason why is because. Listen to this list, bro. Rick Rushell, J.R. Richard, Orda, oh, uh, Ozzie Smith, George Brett. So, dude, all those guys are really good, but then they're all guys you traded away. I was going to say, like, and also, he, he has one of those TS left on his team. Awesome. Yeah. And that's a, dude, dude, it's even worse if you look at it, not just the first round picks. Bert Hooten, McAnally, Stinnett, Ogilvy, Hera. Those guys are all, even Dick Ruthven, who's he? He has 11 war. So, dude, just so, just yeah. your draft acumen is awesome. I mean, you score one of the highest dudes per pick on here. So, I mean, CBQ, bro. So, so A, don't trade your picks. Yeah, stop nope, trading. Too late. We just traded the Stop war. trading, Charlie. We just traded your <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You just traded your first round pick away. Mm. Sorry, dude. I should have done this last week. Pick. But you said you traded for a pick. That's true. That's you true. got a first round pick the next year. So there that's you go. true. You did trade for a pick, but um, but All you're right. not the number one guy. Guess who the number one guy is in terms of value from first round picks per pick? It's, it's definitely not me. It's Lance. No. Yeah. Yeah, because again, we're going back to sixty five. So and okay, but but again, like quality. So this totals war from your picks. Now it doesn't mean they were on your team the whole time. Like. Right. Bill Singer, right? Right, right. Well, so Singer's your number one guy, but yeah. you had him, traded him, and reacquired him, right? Yeah. Wilbur Wood, Ron oh, Reed, Wilbur Wood, Carlos May, Carl yeah. Taylor, Amos Otis, Andre Thornton. Andre Thornton, I think you traded to me like on draft day. Yeah. And then again, and then look, that doesn't even count. Like, think of the young guys you've got, like Robin Yount, right? Like, right. he's going to just rack over his career. He might 
end up with 80 or 100. I mean, some huge number. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, okay. I did really didn't think it was going to be it was going to be me, but Dude, I guess I, mean, I you're know. taking care of business. You and Charlie I, both, bro. That just so. shows maybe all this draft talk gets you something. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> or maybe not. I don't maybe know. Maybe not. Any other uh, nuggets? Any other get some more nuggets? Uh, let's see. Do I uh, do I have other nuggets? Well, you know, one thing I think was interesting to say is another reason why I looked is because if you look on the board, it's the Seattle Holt uh, uh, Clemens, he said, oh, you know, look, I've got so many busts, but it doesn't really bear out. He doesn't actually have that. I think it's top of mind because when we talk about his farm, we'll talk about Dale Murphy and how he went from being the number one prospect to, you know, a $2 million 555 guy. And so that hurts a lot. But I think otherwise it doesn't really bear out. See, he has the highest war in the second round. And he also has some good first round picks. So I think if you, it's because of guys like Rod Carew, his pitching, the, all the young pitchers that he's drafted, he right. has just an awesome young pitching staff that he's put together. And so that also props him up. So, so again, the data don't bear out that Seattle's a, is a buster or has had bad luck in particular. Uh, any other nuggets or should we, uh, jump into uh, looking at, uh, the youngsters on, uh, on all our teams in the yeah uh, let's go team by team dude all right so we're gonna do um the bottom seven teams in this podcast and then we're gonna split it up and do the top seven teams in a second one we're gonna basically do a count up so we're gonna start based on the way that the bnn or the end game ranks um teams and their top prospects which is not the quite the same thing that we're looking at but it was a way to to get a ranking of all 14 teams um based on that Boston had the lowest um, number of top prospects. I'm not going to read off what the score is, but um, and I think uh, Charlie took a look at Boston. And uh, what what would you, what'd you take away from that, Charlie? Well, first of all, it's very depressing because you think, well, he's got the worst farm system, but he's got so many guys, 25 and under, that are just killing it. Uh, so I'll just start off with uh, Henderson, Steve Henderson. You know, he's a legit big leaguer, 17th pick overall, eight contact. I mean, you know, average defense and speed, but got eight contact, man. What what else do you want? Uh, what else? You got uh, Rob Andrews, 25 years old, second base. Looks like a bench player, but solid fill-in guy for Stinnett when he gets hurt. Uh, let's see, Bob Nepper, another, this guy is supposed to be good. They're still holding out to see if he becomes something. He's one of those movement so what do you guys. Think about that, Nepper, dude. Yeah, he's one of those movement guys you like. He's a lefty, so you know you got him locked in at 500k for three years. So it's definitely worth the risk waiting around to see what happens. Um, best case, I think he becomes an unsteady or a, you know a long reliever. Just the fact that he's a lefty is going to keep him keep him around. So what else? We got this guy Andres Mora. Got some power. Uh, limited in 78, but he put up great numbers in, in AAA. Left fielder, got no wheels, but, uh, you know, he, if he doesn't get his upgrades, he's a, he could be a solid bench player. Um, and then he got this guy, Sixto Lescano. Fudge that guy, man. He's all right. 24 years old. <laughs> 
he got one of those magic upgrades, uh, gold glove adjacent guy. He's got he's rated eight at both corner spots. Fifty home runs last year, 135 RBIs, perennial All Star. He's got speed, and you're paying a million and a half. Like, dang, that's the that's the dream right there. Uh, next dream is Bruce Suter, 25 years old. First pick overall. That's you know that's what you want out of your first pick. It's a uh, guy who slams the door. Uh, who else? We got Biff Pacorba, probably the greatest name in the game. Sounds like uh, a boxer who who became uh, a private eye or something like that. But uh, he's a great backup. Could be a starter or any other team. A weaker team would make him. He would be a starter. He's got the six contact, the seven eye, the ten Ks. Um, recently got an upgrade in the eye department. So uh, looks like he walks about as twice as much as he strikes out. You just love a guy like that. Oh, I just want to bring up this cat named Raphael Landestoy. Uh, he's <laughs> probably never heard his name again. He's a weak glove uh, infielder. He's got some speed, switch hitter. But I just want to bring it up because his personality, <laughs> it says uh, he's the crazy uncle you were warned about in a good way. I don't know what, I don't know, want to know what that means. <laughs> but... And then, of course, we'll, uh, one running theme I've come across is these guys who, for some reason, keep getting traded inexplicably, right? And that brings up Rance Mullenix. Like, I, I should have never, I should never let that guy go. <laughs> I shouldn't have. I should never let that guy go. I think he let him go because the name was too close to yours, probably. But yeah, yeah, this guy is just, this guy is nails. Uh, the only problem right I see right now is you got him playing shortstop. And I know that's got to be killing you, having a guy, you know, who uh, his promotional figurine is basically Bobble Hands doll, right? So you gotta... <laughs> Edward Bobble Hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he, he's his first full, te- full, uh, full year on a, a team was his best year, 864 OPS. You know, he's he's just he's the shit. So I mean, dude, I agree. Obviously, it's horrible to have a four glove shortstop and like my entire staff is a ground ball staff. So that probably is like brutal, right? <laughs> but um I his offense is so good. But um but if I start Molinix at short, then I can put Say at third and Say has been good, right? And I need I need offense, right. right? Or at least I feel like I need offense. So that's the reason why I'm doing it. And and back to this conversation again, back to the last pod, playing Mullenix is short. His range has gone up and his glove rating has gone up. So all the first two years, he was a three at short. Now at the end of the season, he got upgraded to a four. Now I don't know if he's going to keep moving up, but I mean, again, playing him there has, he has improved. All right, so uh, that was uh, Charlie's look at, uh, well, everybody's look at Boston, who, um, according to the game, has the 14th best uh, prospects. At 13 is the Washington Monuments, and I looked, took a look uh, at Washington. I, uh, I don't, did not do the kind of deep dive that Charlie just gave to us, but um, yeah, on first glance, there was not a lot to talk about with Washington. Um, I did a quick count. Um, guys 25 and under on the squad right now, there are only 10, although he does have four draft picks in, in this uh, upcoming draft, so that'll go up a little bit. 
Um, there wasn't much to write home about, to be honest with you. I mean, the one guy who kind of stood stands out is uh, Steve Comer, who came out of this uh, last year's draft. Uh, I think he was number 10 overall in the 78 draft. And, uh, you know, he's a 4.87 starting pitcher, but, uh, you know, he went 7-2 and two with a 2.94 ERA, uh, you know, his first year in the league. So, you know, he looks to be a solid contributor, uh, you know, in the long run. But uh, obviously only time will tell on that. You know, uh, beyond that, I mean, there's some, there's a couple interesting looking guys, but I just, I mean, you got, you got, a, you got Mike Norris, uh, who's about to turn 23 years old. Uh, you know, he's a seven six four. Uh, you know, throws mid nineties. Has a couple. I mean, he's got you know two good looking pitches supposedly. You know, he's got a, a, an eight rated fastball, an eight rated screwball, uh, possibly a seven rated changeup. Uh, you know, I mean, he went eight and eight last year with a near five ERA. He hasn't necessarily, uh, you know, panned out yet, but I mean, he, you know, uh, maybe with a little more experience, uh, I guess, uh, you know, his problem is going to be if that, if that control stays at a four, that's going to be tough to overcome, which puts him sort of, uh, maybe in the arena of being Nolan Ryan-esque, not as quite as good as stuff uh, or movement, but that kind of like hard throwing, you know, starter with control issues. And then you got, uh, again, I didn't look at all 10 guys. Uh, you got Rasmussen, um, Eric Rasmussen, who's also 25. He's a four six seven. He got uh, some time in the big league last year. Also had a you know a plus four ERA. Did most of his work out of the bullpen. You know, don't know that I have high hopes for that guy being a huge contributor going forward. And then the only other guy I really looked at um, was Ron Hassey, uh, who's a catcher. Has potential to be a seven four five catcher, uh, so seven contact. Um, he's got an eight avoiding K. You know, could have some gap power if he develops, but he's already twenty five. So I mean, if you go by the metric that we were sort of musing on in the last draft pick, this could be the last year for him to really get any particular upgrades. Um, I mean, he's a five catcher with a six arm. I mean, he's not a bad catcher. Um, but you know, I mean, he's got a long way to go for that seven contact to, to really be a contributor. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, what George gets out of this upcoming draft. Cause right now his, his contribution from guys 25 and under does not look that hot. All right. So moving on to the 12th ranked minor league team or prospects however you want to look at it we have manhattan and it was glennie who took a look at manhattan what do you got on manhattan glenn <laughs> dude this guy's team he has two guys two on his roster under the age of 25 wow. or under the age of like 27 but but those two guys one of them is david clyde right are dominant starter 597 22 year old lefty starter and the other guy's a guy i never heard of but he's legitimately good uh, manny sarmiento he's a reliever 587 so he's got a 20 reliever and a 21 starter uh, you know by rating 22 years old so those are the only two guys he has on his entire team that are under 25 and then his i mean naturally right like he's trading his picks for players i mean we just talked about how he traded for um 
you know, he traded Petrus for Petroselli and Robinson. So he's trading his picks for players and he's using his picks to offload salary. Right. So, so the guy's system is virtually non-existent. He does have Shane Raleigh, you know, four, seven, six, he's just 22. He has good stamina. He has good pitches and he's on a cheapish contract, 500,000. So you're just, you know, you're just hoping for upgrades. Right. So that's fine. Um, same thing. He has a catcher, Bruce Benedict. He's a number 47 prospect. He's a six, two, five catcher, whatever, but he has good work ethic, good intelligence. He's on a minimum contract. He's 22. You're just hanging on to all these guys again, back to the, back to the lottery ticket idea. Right. It's right. like maybe, maybe one of them will catch up great and be playable. The only other guy worth mentioning is um, <laughs> second baseman. If, if C Rob ever gets old or ever gets injured, maybe this guy, Damaso Garcia could uh, see the field. He has a seven contact, which is pretty sweet. And uh, he has tremendous wheels, 10, nine, 10 wheels. So, and he's only 21. So, you know, he could be a serviceable player. He's far away in terms of development. So nothing's happening anytime soon, but again, second base for Manhattan. It's like, <laughs> he's never going to see the field. Right. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's like a, a quick and dirty here because again, the guy's picks are used to gather players or they're not used to draft players. They're used to trade for players. Right. So, right. So that's what I got on Manhattan. Okay. All right. So moving up the list, um, to the middle of the pack in the bottom seven, um, we have the Chicago Colts, uh, at what would be the 11th spot. And I think uh, Charlie took a look at the Colts. What do you got on Chicago? All right. Start strong with the, the golden God himself. Um, What's his name? Roy Lee Jackson. No, uh, Robin Yount. Robin Yount, 21 years old, right-handed shortstop, uh, gold glove in his uh, freshman year. Uh, but there's a few guys named Burleson, Ozzy, and Trammell who are going to make it tough for him to get another gold glove. But out of all those guys, I think he's got the best shot at uh, being MVP. Maybe Trammell's got an outside shot. Um, geez, he's fully, fully baked, except he's got a little more power to go. He's uh, so he's sevens and sixes and eights across the board. And, uh, if you get tired of him at short, he's rated for center field, right. which is ridiculous. He's a seven out there. It's certainly, uh, wouldn't feel bad at all using him out there. So yeah, that's Robin. Yeah. I mean, you, 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 uh, stuck with him for a few years while he had some growing pains, but Dang, that one paid off big. And he's still only 21. So next, I got Carney Lansford, another 21-year-old guy. You drafted him sixth overall, uh, handed him the keys to third base. Took a small hit in ratings, but he's still pretty solid. Uh, had a mediocre freshman year, but yeah, he should be sound out there. He's uh, He's got speed, eight speed. Uh, he's rated five at third base. He can also play first. So um, I like that guy. I think he's going to be good for you. He doesn't strike out a lot, won't walk a lot, but, you know, he's going to get on base. Uh, up next is Andre Dawson, 23 years old. That is one faux shizzle prospect who is, looks like he's about to break in. Uh, he's we're still working on his power potential, but in the meantime, he can fall back on his wheels. 
He's a corner outfielder, plays both uh, five and six and left and right, but he's got a nine arm. So that always helps. Um, six contacts. Yeah, this guy, that guy's the real deal. I think he's going to be good. Uh, Rick Camp, 24-year-old right-hand reliever. Only had about 90 innings in his whole career so far, but for a 53rd overall pick, this guy's a 5.87. He's got four pitches. His ERA is around two. Yeah, he's uh, he's good good value on that guy, and he's probably going to be around a while. Who else? Dave Collins, 25-year-old switch hitter. Left field, he's a nine. Center field, seven. Right field, he's a five. So he's flexible. He's a seven contact. Gets on base. Got above average speed. Um, traded a lot for this guy. So he's finally starting to blossom in Chicago. Um, so we'd like to look at that. Who else we got? Some on the bubble guys. We got uh, Tim Corcoran. He might not be unuseful down the stretch. Silvio Martinez, right-handed pitcher. He could 486 if he gets there. Dan Shasseter, 576 if he gets there. Uh, if his curve develops, you know, he could get there. Um, and this guy, Broderick Perkins, looks very interesting. Broderick, another undrafted dude, but he got some recent upgrades. Uh, he's He can play first base, left field. He's kind of slow, but... Yeah, if he was a second or shortstop, he, he'd be he'd be gold. He'd be uh, playing. So I like that guy. And overall, things are looking pretty good in Chicago for the young guys. Thoughts? Glenn, you have any thoughts? Uh, I mean, dude, your team is really good. So, and again, usually your same thing is similar to Manhattan, where you're using your picks to trade for pieces that you need or. Um, yeah, so I think generally speaking, like there's different ways to think about your system, all right, or to use your picks. And one is to build a farm. And as we get further up the standings, it'll be more apparent. Like, okay, here's guys who, like when we get to Cleveland or to Detroit, guys who accumulate a bunch of picks and they're trying to build over time and build the team. But then there's guys like Chicago or Manhattan. You have no interest. I mean, you have, dude, let's be honest, you have no interest in building a farm. <laughs> all you're doing is using picks or acquiring players and then using those players to acquire other players. Right. So, I mean, I think it's good. We just did hear your farm system. That's great. But in reality, like, dude, you don't care. You don't even care about your farm. Right. All you're doing is like, okay, what do I need? What do I, do I have anything that I can trade for something that I actually want or need that it's ready now? Right. right. So, so, I mean, I get it. And sometimes you do keep your picks, right. I mean, we went through this whole exercise, right. It's like, you know, you traded, or you drafted like five superstars, but eventually you traded them all away. It's true. Right? So, so even when you use your picks, you're not keeping them. So I, I'd be curious to see. I'm curious to see how long does Carney Lansford stay on your team, bro? Yeah, that's because like be... again, I got Ron Say. He's old, so he's right. going to age out soon. I'm going right. to come looking around for a third baseman. Right, bro. right, exactly. Lansford is on. Trust me, those those thoughts already go through my head. I mean, it's like. <laughs> I got, I got right. Steve. I already have Steve Dillard, so it's like, well, I got to yes. play third base. So it's like, uh, yes, I could trade Lansford. I guess I got to. Yes. Yeah, I didn't want to go. I might come back for Dillard. Yeah. Okay, cool. uh, Sorry. No, no, no. You wouldn't be getting Dillard. You'd be getting Lansford, but that's no, fine. Um, uh, yeah, I, don't, I just wanted to, to just to to talk. I not even really talk about, it, but I'm glad that Charlie brought up Broderick Perkins because this was like a dude that um, in the in the draft last year. 
Um, I made a trade with Seattle, and then basically Eric was asking me, like, hey, you keep an eye out. I don't think I may not be able to make my pick. I get, I'm busy. Will you make my pick for me, essentially? And I, I was like, okay, you know, who's left? Who's going to be around? And I had literally had two names on my list, which were Mike Heath and, and Broderick Perkins. And then I was like, I was debating with myself, who am I, who am I going to draft for him? Who am I going to draft for him? And then eventually Eric came back and said, and I think I said, do you have a preference? Do you have, do you have somebody that you would want me to draft for you if that, you know, when it comes to that, if you can't do it? And he, he said, Mike Heath. And so I said, okay, Mike Heath, I'll draft that for you. And so Perkins, Perkins didn't get drafted. And he sort of, you know, f- fell through the cracks and ended up in, in double A. But I just kept my eye on him. And the dude was hitting like 350 in double A or something. And I'm like, he's like, he has no power. He's a no power first baseman at all. He's a zero power. But I was like, but the guy's hitting 350, and he's like, I think he's got a decent eye. He's got good gap power, and I'm like, that fits right into my model. Like, I'm just gonna get that guy. I'm just gonna just reach down in the double double A and just grab that guy. So it was it was like the, what we talked about before, which is like essentially using double A as like a fifth round of the draft. Yeah, yep. just going like, oh, I'm gonna take that guy, put him in triple A, and see what happens. And he hit like 350 in Kansas City. I'm like, okay, maybe this guy's actually gonna be something. You know, I'm like, I don't need a first baseman. First baseman are easy generally in the league to come by, well, but it's like I need a first baseman, bro. So, I, so you know, take a look at Roger. <laughs> take a look at Roger Perkins. You know, let's we'll have a conversation. Who knows? I'll take B Perk. B Perk. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll we'll have a little chat about that. Okay, All right. So and just again, sorry. So just to wrap. So on your team notes again, back to my war analysis that we mm-hmm. started with. Mm-hmm. My team notes for Chicago say great use of third round picks. So yeah, that just kind of proves or. Or bears out what you're talking about. Like you've got a good eye for uh, for value, bro. You're a good bargain bargain shopper. Okay, so that is a Chicago. So then uh, moving up to number ten on the list, we have uh, Montreal. And I think uh, Glenn, you dove into Montreal. What do you what, what were your takeaways on the Montreal? Your old yeah, team, so your like, old team. So this yeah. entry, how many how many of these guys how many of these guys were guys that you actually got and put on the team that you looked at? <laughs> <laughs> there's a fair number okay but, I all mean, right. joe has done some work and and we'll give him credit for that i mean so again let's think of the farm like we just talked about for chicago let's think about the farm in the context of the team the guy was 76 and 80 last year 19 games back but he was sixth in runs scored ninth in runs allowed so top half in runs scored right but ninth in runs allowed uh you know and again, hits and opponents average was good, but tons of walks and, and tons of home runs allowed. So so his staff really needs some work. But again, if you just look at the bigger structure of the team, um, 13, this is no joke, more than half, 13 out of 25 of his regulars are 25 years and under. I mean, dude, half of your team, more than half your team is 25 and under, and you've had winning records three of the last four years. So in a way, the team is very strong and he's in good shape, right? And I think that's because you have guys at 23. So at 23 years old, he has Kemp and Carter, right? Carter, the catcher, and Kemp, the outfielder. I'm going to submit that those are two maybe top 15, top 20 players at 23 years old. He has Templeton at 21, Bannister at 22, 
plus Cromarty and George Brett, one of Charlie's old guys. So, and those guys are 24. So, and Bill Castro, his closer is 25. He has a really strong core of young players. And, and he has two picks in every round this draft, right? So, so again, even though you're like, well, he had a down year, it's a very solid base and it's a very solid base of young players. With respect to the actual guys in the farm, um, he used a first round pick last year on a, a, a pitcher, which again, I think we've established it. So he needed help uh, in pitching. He, he drafted this guy, Jim Beatty, or Jim Beatty, 686, fully cooked starter. So he's going to call him up and start this year. So, um, so that's quality. And then he has another guy, Sammy Stewart, number 58 prospect, who's 23 years old. He's a 585, but he's fully cooked and he has four pitches. So 585 is kind of tough though, right? Like, but again, I mean, he's fully cooked. Maybe he could put him in the pin and make him a 685 reliever. That seems more doable. Yeah. Um, he does have another guy, number 71 prospect overall, Daryl Jackson. He's a 20 year old starter. So again, like they do, he, we've established he needs pitching. His top three specs are all pitchers. So, um, and, and he's got draft picks coming up. So I think he could be well positioned to, to um, you know, to address his needs uh, in terms of positional players. He does have a 21 year old shortstop and Charlie's going to like this guy, nine defense. And he's a six, six, four, four, seven. So not great offensively, but again, you're, you're basically, you've got him for the wheels. He's only 21 years old and he's on a low contract. So maybe you can catch an upgrade or two there, uh, but in general, what's, that sorry, guy's, what's his name? Who's that guy? Uh, Dale Barra. Sorry. Dale Barra. So he's number he says number thirty overall. Again, it's I'm assuming it's for his glove and the fact that he's on a cheap contract is also great and just twenty one. But um six six four four seven for a shortstop is actually will play, and especially if you've got a gold glove. So but again, I just feel like this guy's team overall is strong just because he has so many good young players, right? So so there's a lot of potential there, I think. All right. Uh there is a Montreal. Uh, moving up a tick to uh, number nine, we have uh, Denver. And I think it was Charlie. Charlie took a look at Denver for us. What do you got on Denver, Charlie? Yeah, this team looks pretty good. Coming up with a lot of young guys. Uh, Tim Blackwell is the catcher. Uh, 10 catcher, 10 arm. Uh, he's not the greatest offensively, but he's doing just enough to stay ahead of uh, Johnny Bench who's also on that team. So he may be un- upgradable soon, but a 47th pick who's starting 350 K. Yeah. Hard to argue with that. Uh, Bob James, 19 right-hand reliever. Uh, only got four 40, 42 innings so far. He doesn't give up a lot of home runs, but if this guy gets there, it says he's the 99 prospect, but he's got six, nine, eight ratings. If he gets there, I mean, that's that's a slam dunk right there. And he's only 19. So yeah, he's 19. Yeah, yeah, right? That looks awesome. He doesn't doesn't give up home runs, which is exactly what you want to put in Denver. Um, Steve Trout, 20. Again, if he gets there, left-handed pitcher who could go reliever, could be starter. Um, 304 ERA in his first season in AAA. So he's a solid prospect. Um, another one of those guys, yeah, he could go either way. What do you do with him? You put him in the pen, you start him. Uh, what else? Bob Welch. This guy is looking like 
uh, yeah, he's six six seven. He's one stuff point from being his full potential. So let's see, watch for that guy to see some action this year. Three and a half ERA in Phoenix. A lot of K's, which is the best defense against the long ball. You got five pitches. So I think that guy is just going to be solid for Tim. Uh, Victor Cruz. Uh, let's see, what is he? A 9.95. Dang. I mean, this guy is. Uh, he's he's awesome. He's got 30 saves. He's 20 years old. He's got eight fastball, nine slider. Uh, he needs to cut down on walks a little bit, but still looks like the closer of the future and present. Uh, next, we have another one of these guys who keeps getting traded for some weird reason. Uh, Willie Wilson, 22 years old, uh, switch hitter. Another guy, he, he's got everything you want except power. His eye needs a little work, but and this guy's going to score a ton of runs for you. He's got seven contacts. He's seven strikeouts. Uh, hasn't done a whole lot yet, but like I said, he's he's got the wheels to make stuff happen, and he's just going to score a ton, especially in Denver. Uh, next up is Mr. Murray himself, 22 years old, switch hitter. Second of the year, or second in rookie of the year voting, eight contacts, blah, blah, blah. He's a monster. Second pick, 120 RBIs, which was second overall for his uh, rookie year. He's going to be a top 10 home run guy every year, no matter what. Uh, who else? Kevin Koble. Oh, this guy should be better. He's got 587. Maybe that's the Denver factor. Uh, but he's got good movement, a good fastball, and no stuff. Maybe that's like what you were talking about last time, Lance. Uh, his fastball is just way too straight. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not a home road thing because he actually gives up more homers on the road, right? And so it's kind of the same deal with this guy, Odell Jones. They're kind of similar in that way. Like, wh- why are they as bad as they are? Um, who else? Mike Lacoste, 21-year-old. If he develops, he's a 496. Uh, but he needs to do some work in the minors. So I think that's about it for Denver. You guys right. got anything? Glenn, you got any thoughts on Denver? Uh, well, I mean, we talked a lot about this team. I, I think he has a, he had the number two offense and the number 13. Like he was number 13, didn't rise a lot. So, I mean, to his credit, like he took the entire draft last year and he drafted – a ton of guys. And so I think we're going to see, well, just like you said, Victor Cruz looks, I mean, the guy is a pure stud. He drafted him last year in the first round. Um, so I think Tim's, you know, he, he has a problem with pitching. <laughs> he recognizes it and he's trying to address it to his credit. So um, I think you're going to be much better. I mean, again, we'll talk about, it, I guess when we get the season preview, but I think you're going to be much better this year just by, you know, you call up Welch, right. Yeah, and these other guys all have another year to develop. So, yeah. All right. So that was Denver. So we're gonna take one tick up to uh, the top of the bottom uh, at the number eight spot, and that was uh, Atlanta. Um, and uh, I dove into Atlanta a little bit. Um, you know, Atlanta's an interesting looking team. Um, they have uh, some decent looking young talent on them. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, Michael Burns taking over and uh, how that plays out. 
Um, I counted uh, 18 guys uh, under the age of 25, and uh, he's got three right now, three draft picks in the upcoming draft. So going to have a lot of youth on the team. Uh, the first guy that stands out, I mean, that sort of pops out, I think, is uh, Dave Reverend. Uh, it's his first baseman who uh, just got some really nice uh, upgrades um, and just ha- was a super, super, super strong contributor uh, in his first year in the league. I mean, the guy hit 340. I mean, he had 916 OPS, you know, 22 home runs. Um, it just looks to be uh, just solid. I mean, eight contact and seven home run. You put those two together. I mean, that's dangerous. I mean, you're getting starting to get into sort of Bob Horner territory with those kinds of combine those two things together. So, um, and then unfortunately for uh, for this next guy, uh, Dave got uh, got that starting job and took it over and grabbed it. And that's uh, another first baseman, Willie Upshaw, who also looks to be a super solid first baseman. Like just a lot of talent. Um, but I mean. When you can, when you can only play one position in its first base, and that's your only rated position. And you know the way that we uh, rank things uh, in in the United League, he basically cannot be slid into any other position. First base considered the least capable defensive position, so he can't get moved anywhere. So you got this guy who's the potential to be a seven seven six six seven. I mean that is just all around solid solid player. But you're stuck behind a guy who looks to be slightly better to you, which means, which is obviously why Willie is on the trade block. Glenn, Willie is on the trade block. So if you're looking for a first baseman, <laughs> you, you you may you may have your first baseman right here. If you can uh, figure, if you can uh, take on the two million dollars and figure out uh, you know, right. to make a deal with with uh, with the new GM with Michael, you may, you know you might have your first baseman uh, situation right. solved. All I mean, right. I mean he's already you know it's been noted. You know, yeah. I mean, he's already his his only issue. He hasn't developed his home run power yet, but I mean, he's already at a six out of the seven contacts. So I mean, he could probably be at first base right now and contribute most definitely with a lot of room to grow into his power ability. So, like, you know, if you got a first base problem, there's a guy out there, you know, waiting to be scooped up for the right for the right deal. Um, Both those dudes. I'm typing the message as we. I'm typing the message as we speak. (laughs) Both those dudes came out of the 78 draft. Upshaw was drafted 14th. Dave Reverend was drafted 31st. So going back to your like later round picks, I mean, a guy who came in, came out of the yep. third round, like basically scoops the job away from a guy who was the last pick in the first round. Um, another super solid guy, we got uh, Bump Wills, um, you know, really solid second baseman. Uh, he came, he, interesting bump. I mean, he came out of that, that, what, you know, what you've deemed like the sort of outlier draft of 77. Um, you know, he's come in, been a super solid contributor. Um, again, another guy who got, you know, got a nice upgrade from a seven contact to an eight contact, you know, for, for a guy who's playing second base. He's got some wheels. His first two uh, years in the league, 36 stolen bases, 39 stolen bases. So he's putting that speed to work. Super solid, again, defensive second baseman. I mean, he's a seven with the seven range, uh, uh, you know, a good arm. Um, you know, just a solid all-around player right there. Um, and then we got uh, we got this guy, Al Woods. Uh, also super, I mean, these guys, man, they've just, he's gotten some really decent upgrades or you know uh, they developed into their abilities 
um, really well for him. I mean, Al Woods, an eight contact, six gap, and nine eye. Not the best defensive, only can play left. Well, I mean, he's a left fielder, not the best defensive left fielder, but I mean, he's a five. So, I mean, uh, you know, uh, he's average. You can call him average. Again, a guy who, uh, you know, hit 300 last year. And then, you know, we got some guys who look like they might be uh, might be interesting contributors coming down the road. You got uh, Larry McWilliams, who has the potential to be a 677, which is, I mean, that's a pretty nice uh, ratings if he could. Uh, if he could uh, fill all the way out, uh, develop all that ability. Um, so far, you know, not uh, rounding into all those ratings, but he got a little bit of time uh, last year. Uh, didn't do that great, but, I mean, it was his first to sort of dip in his toe into the major league, so I think that guy still uh, has some potential. Um, who else do we got? Uh, got let's see. Let's get, we got Pat Zachary, another starting pitcher, possibly. He's fully cooked. He's a five eight six, fully cooked. Uh, you know, got got a whole year. Uh, get, he actually got two full years in the major so far. Uh, you know, he was thirteen and thirteen and seventy seven. He yeah, took a little step back last year. Uh, was nine and sixteen. Um, you know, uh, it's tough because. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, um, Glenn, but Atlanta's uh, hitter's ballpark, pitcher's ballpark. Big time hitter's ballpark. Big yeah. time hitter's ballpark, and yeah. he's a fly ball pitcher, so yeah. that does not necessarily bode well for him. But, I mean, at a 5.86, you know, I mean, he's potential, potentially somebody maybe you look to trade, get somebody who's more of a ground ball pitcher in place of him, and he goes to some other team that has more uh, of a pitcher-friendly ballpark, and maybe those numbers turn around a little bit. I mean, he looks like a decent back end of the rotation option. I mean, again, fully cooked at, at 25 years old now. So, I mean, he's going to contribute whatever he's going to contribute uh, based on the talent that he has now. It doesn't look like he's necessarily going to move up too much more. Um, but, I mean, he's had... You know, not great, but decent seasons. And again, I think this might be a guy with a change of scenery who could maybe be a decent contributor for a team out there. Um, who else do we got on this team? Um, there is this guy, uh, Denny Walling. Um, he's fully cooked. He's a six three six, but he's got six six gap power, eight avoid K. So six I and eight avoid K. That's a guy who looked like he could get on base a little bit for you. And he's kind of you know he looks a little bit to be uh, perhaps the the poor man's uh, Mickey Hatcher. This is a guy who can play a million positions. I mean, just a million positions: left field, right field, third base, first base. I mean. You could have him be a really poor second baseman in a pinch. I mean, the guy can play a lot of positions. You're only paying him seven hundred and fifty k. I mean, he's a nice he's a nice piece to have on your squad. Um, let's let's dig through the list a little bit more and see if there's anybody else. Uh, well, there's this guy. There's uh, there's um, we get Garth Garth Iorg, um, who right now is a is a four contact, but he has a seven potential. This is a seven gap potential. He's got an eight avoiding K potential. It doesn't look like to have a ton of power, but I mean, you know, he's a potential, he can play two positions, second, second and third. So, I mean, you know, I mean, if you had a seven contact, seven power at second base, that's not, you know, that's not bad. So that's not a bad guy to have on your team. So, you know, He's at 23 right now, so he's got a little bit of time to develop. Maybe if he can develop that contact a little bit, you know, he might be a useful piece to have. 
And uh, I think that's it. That's what I got for Atlanta. Um, anybody, any thoughts? Anybody have any thoughts on Atlanta? I mean, one thing I can say is just from looking at their picks over time, dude, this guy, and again, partly I managed the team for part of this period. Right. The list of draft busts is just horrible. Mm. Kruko, Spaceman, these are first round picks, first round picks. Kruko, Spaceman Lee, Donnie Moore, Catfish Hunter, Johnny Briggs. That's five first round picks with war that adds to less than one. That's t- yeah, that's tough. <laughs> and there's some guy named Shirley. I don't know. I just wrote down. I don't know who the hell. That oh, was, you know? probably Bob Shirley. Bob Shirley. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, again, that's your first round pick. And then I drafted Steve Carlton, Lefty Carlton. Well, he's legitimately good, but he's not on the team, right? So I mean, he's he's like been winning World Series rings for Manhattan for years now. Right. So yeah, what can you do? When you do, I mean, you get yeah, you get your uh, you get your first round bust, and then you get your fourth round gold mines. It's uh, you just, right, you just never right, know. Right, then you get reverend. Yeah, 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 exactly. But this team is also this team is like uh, so many other teams, dude. Like again, look at his offense. I mean, his run scored is only eighth, but we just went through the list of young guys, and it's just he has so many good young offensive players, right? Yeah. But yet runs allowed, he's twelfth. So this is like there's so many teams. You know, Denver, we just talked about. Atlanta, Montreal, we talked about. Detroit, we're going to talk about. So many teams where it's like they've got the offensive part. looks like it's in place, right? But they really need pitching. So, and this draft, I don't know, is is this the draft to solve it? So many guys are not cooked, you know? Right. I think. uh, I don't know. I mean, again, maybe trades. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no. I was going to say one other sort of just minor note. I mean, based on this list that we just went through, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of the guys that have made the postseason in the last few years, they're in this bottom half as far as as far as far prospects, farm system, guys under 25, whatever you want to call it. Um, I mean, yeah. we, we just went we just went through Boston. We mentioned Manhattan. We mentioned Chicago. Uh, Montreal yeah. was in there recently. I mean, so, um, I mean, you know, I mean, that speaks to either playoff teams not getting, uh, you know, high first-round draft picks, or it speaks to I mean, what you talked about, which is, the tendency of a lot of us, certainly Manhattan, certainly myself, you do it to a degree, just like not necessarily valuing those or those those picks and just using them as as pieces to get other pieces to get guys who are already baked and ready to play. So, um, yeah. All right. So that was uh, our look at uh, the bottom seven teams. We uh, we're gonna wrap this up and we're gonna do a second podcast in which we look at the uh, teams ranked seven through number one as far as uh, talent on their team age 25 and younger. So this has been Circuit Clouds Podcast and until next time, here's to fake baseball. Stay